Welcome to Sisterhood, having conversations that matter with me, Laurieann Sheldrick, an incredible woman who support, encourage, and empower other women. While you are here, you will be supported. You will empower yourself so that you can be supportive to others and begin to fully embrace that we cannot be empowered women if we do not support those who are being disempowered. That is the magic that lies within sisterhood, and it only works if we do it together. The purpose of sisterhood is to create deep and meaningful connections with other women, have conversations that matter, because women need other women, and together we are going to be, do, and have all that we desire. It starts right here, right now, with me, my special guests, and with you. Let's begin. Welcome to the magic of sisterhood. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back to Sisterhood. I'm so stoked for today's conversation. I am just loving every single phenomenal human that has been on the Sisterhood podcast so far. I'm so grateful. And I want all of you to know that I do not take this for granted. Like the women who are coming on the show are giving us their time, they're giving us their energy, they're sharing their gifts and resources with us, their knowledge, their wisdom. I do not take that for granted and I'm so grateful. So if you've been on the show, thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing with all of us. If you're listening to this and you've been a guest, if you're listening, thank you so much for being here. Honestly, thank you for being here, for listening, for sharing, and for being a part of the sisterhood community. There is no community without all of us, right? So every single person is important as we continue this sisterhood movement. You are important. We're all important. So Today, I'm sharing something really incredible with all of you. I wanted to have this beautiful, amazing, uh, just incredible woman on the show, Candace Harsh, because I was feeling that there there was this energy out in the world, like the like the world had this pulse. And as you know, the past 13 months um, have not been wonderful. We've been on this roller coaster and we, me, as I record this, I'm in Ontario. This is our 13th month being in a lockdown. So... Yeah, I was feeling the pulse. I was feeling the energy. So I decided I'm going to have Candace Harsh on, who is an energy healer, and talk about what energy is, how we can protect ourselves, and all things energy. Because Candace Harsh, okay, first of all, all the magical gifts that Candace has and uses, she doesn't keep any of them to herself. She does this through her beautiful, beautiful um, full-service wellness boutique called Purely and Elemental. And at this boutique, she offers these really wonderful tools to help us on our journey, whether that be towards healing or growth or just us wanting to have a deeper connection with ourselves and our own intuitive gifts because we all have gifts. But she literally creates so much magic at this wellness boutique. 
So from energy healing like Reiki and IET, which is integrative energy therapy, spiritual guidance, programs and workshops, and then in her shop where she makes handmade natural soaps, crystals, salts, she has jewelry, herbs, like honestly, it's magic. She is every spiritual junkie's dream, like no doubt about it. And, and... She has a new book out that's called Being Human. So if you have gifts, which we all do, and Candace talks about this in the episode, this book will help to guide you and support you and give you tools and practices to help you strengthen those gifts, but also to understand them because she does talk about her own journey and how it was confusing when she was a child that she had these intuitive gifts. Candace said it's the book that she needed when she was younger. And that is what this podcast is to me. All of the conversations that I'm having with all of these incredible human beings that are coming on the show, we're having conversations about the things we wish we would have known when we were growing up. So, so phenomenal that Candace is a part of that now and is also doing that in her own life with her new book called Being Human. So you're going to have to go check it out. All of Candace's magical links are in the show notes. So you can access all of her and um, her website, social media, her book, her workshops, her shop, the wellness boutique, all of that. You can just click on the links with ease to go access all of that magic. So we talk about all of this and we do a deep dive into what energy is and how we can protect ourselves from really this intense energy that is pulsing through the world right now. And it's honestly, it's such an incredible conversation and I'm so grateful that Candace took the time to chat with me and share with all of you what we can do to heal protect and work with the energy that is all around us because it is all around us and my favorite quote from this conversation is when I asked Candace what is energy and she says energy is the heartbeat of the planet that's all there is to it you have to listen I would love to hear what you think about this conversation You can rate it or review over in iTunes. I'm always so grateful for these honest reviews and ratings because honestly, without them, we cannot grow this podcast. We cannot grow this community. It helps us to make it contagiously positive. And contagiously positive just means reaching women, reaching human beings around the world so that they know they are not alone. Because as we know, empowered women empower other women and we can't do this alone. But I'm even going to say something else. Empowered humans empower other humans, and we cannot do this alone. So this isn't just for women. This is for men as well. So thank you for being here. Enjoy this sisterhood conversation with Candice Harsh, who honestly just leaves a glitter trail wherever she goes. (laughs) Hello, Candice. Welcome to Sisterhood. Hello, thank you for having me. Oh, uh, it's my pleasure. Or should I say, Candace leaves a glitter trail harsh? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget the first time that I saw that. I was like, 
what is this woman's name? And then, and then when I actually read it, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure you catch a lot of people with that. (laughs) I do. It used to be coffee queen actually. So it, it changes. I love it. I love it. It's so fantastic because it makes everyone look for a second and they're like, oh my God. Yes, of course. <laughs> well, welcome. I'm so thrilled because um, here at Sisterhood, it's all about having, for me, it's all about having conversations with women who really have made it their life purpose to empower other women. And I can't think of anyone else more than you who has made it their purpose and their mission to empower other women. So I'm so grateful that you are here. So I'm just going to dive right in because I have so many questions for you, Candice, especially at this time that we're experiencing here at our neck of the woods in Ontario with this other lockdown. I know there's a lot of energy. There seems to be a pulse that you can almost feel out in the world right now. And, um, I know for you at purely elemental, which any, anyone who's already listened to the introduction knows all about purely elemental. This is where you share all of your magic and you offer energy healings and crystals and handcrafted soaps. And you do, you create jewelry made out of crystals and smudges and herbs. Like there's so much, it honestly, you're a spiritual junkies dream. <laughs> and, I've put it that way. That's hilarious. <laughs> and now you can add author to your magical toolkit, which is just so absolutely incredible. I want to know, because this is what I ask every single woman first and foremost is what was your experience like growing up with other women? Was it open communication? Everything was talked about it, or did that come later on in life? And you've been navigating that, um, like the most of us have been. Oh, hell no. That came like way later in life, way later. Uh, I was the wallflower, that person that just kind of hit off to the side and observed because that's kind of what I do too. Mm -hmm. You learn a lot about people if you just watch, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Was it sort of that typical upbringing growing up where, you know, the women in your life just didn't talk about certain things at home? Like it was taboo. We don't talk about that. We don't talk about our feelings or spirituality, all things now as grown women. We're like, why didn't anybody tell us this? (laughs) Not so much. Uh, it, It was an incredibly supportive, um, I guess it was a, it was just a supportive childhood, you know, that wasn't the the deal. It was more so being extremely self-conscious and pretty much nervous of what everybody was going to, uh, to think in general. I moved around a lot as a kid. So you bounce from school to school and you're trying to make friends and it just, it doesn't really last. Right. So. Yes. And so you're like today, you're very intuitive. You're very spiritual. You're very open about all of the gifts and the magic that you have. And you share those gifts as well. You don't keep them to yourself. Did you have those gifts even when you were growing up and that made you feel like you just didn't fit in? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I started noticing this stuff happening when I was a kid. I think the first experience that I can remember, Brig, I think I was around eight something like that. Uh, And I felt somebody in my room in the middle of the night covering me up with blankets. Well, there was nobody there. 
So, you know, you start off with experiences like that and, and growing up with a very open mom when it comes to that kind of thing, it was uh, kind of terrifying at the same time when you're that little, you know, going to the mall was a horrible experience because I could sense everybody else's team and I didn't understand what they were at that time. So it made it a challenge, you know, and then you go through certain stages in your life where you slam the door. You know, you don't necessarily want to keep that open because it's absolutely terrifying or people think you were a freak or God only knows what else. Right. Mm-hmm. Or even the times where you think you're, you're, it's all up in your head mostly, right? Like you're afraid that other people are going to think you're a freak even. Yes. So and it's so hard, especially growing up being a young, being a young girl with now you are experiencing these gifts, you already feel different when you're, I mean, I had this conversation with someone else who was on the podcast where it was like, being a 12 year old is hard. (laughs) You know, it's so confusing to begin with. And then now you have intuitive gifts. Now you're seeing your spirit guides. Now you're feeling energy and uh, it makes it even harder because I mean, and then kids are cruel too. So just in general, we know that not all of them, but you know, we experience that cruelness as well. And young girls are super, super cruel sometimes. So I could imagine that just compounding for you and just making it even more confusing. Very much so. Very much so. Did you try to turn away your gifts at the time or was, and then you came back to it when you were an adult? Um, or is it something you've just always kind of been strengthening? No, I've closed the door on it many times, many times, you know, sometimes stuff gets scary and you don't know how to deal with it because you don't necessarily have the right guidance in that time. Right. If you think about it back in the nineties, this stuff wasn't really talked about. Right. So it was all hoodoo and whatnot. And God forbid, should you, you know, see a ghost walking down the hallway because suddenly you're like that girl right oh absolutely slamming the door happened a few times you know and then gradually reopening and I don't think I actually reopened that door fully until I was like 30 and then interesting yeah no turning back man (laughs) <laughs> no, absolutely not. Because I find once you enter that, I, I found, I find, I found for myself, the thirties was definitely when I really started to open the door. But I think, um, the experience of even, I mean, social media wasn't even what it was today in mm-hmm. our early thirties. I'm almost 43, but even, you know, on my end, just starting my coaching practice almost 10 years ago, it was like, what the hell is a coach, let alone, what do you mean you can feel and see energy? What do you mean you're psychic? What do you mean, you know? And, but nowadays it makes it so much easier because so many people are having this conversation openly online. So it just allows that door to just be fully open, not without its challenges, of course, but there's just way more openness, which is why I love being able to now have these conversations. Yes, me too. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always so amazed and in awe of women who have gifts like yours. And I don't really think that the question of asking what you do is fitting here because I don't know (laughs) if you could wrap it up, especially, you know, when it comes to the wonderful gifts that uh, you channel with. So where I really want to take this conversation is where I feel like a big part of your magic lies, um, is with energy and energy healing. I am a big Albert Einstein fan. It's such a weird thing for me because I'm not a book 
I was never like a book smart girl growing up. Um, but I just remember this Albert Einstein quote saying everything is energy and that is all there is to it. And I think that stuck with me because I, you know, it was just like the universe guiding me towards a spiritual path. What is, you know, so many women are new to this. So many women are new to this, you know, quote unquote work. What is energy healing? What is energy? What is energy healing? Because I really think we've had and felt a lot of energy this year and we don't quite know what that means. Okay. So it's actually really hard to explain sometimes Mm, uh uh, entirely on the situation and what you're experiencing. Energy in itself is something that's completely invisible, but you can feel it. It's all around you. It's in rocks. It's in animals. um, It's in the earth itself. You know, people talk about the, I think it's called pronounced Schumann resonance field. So that's essentially the heartbeat of the planet, right? Um, it's in everything. There's no, no way fans or butts about it. You know, uh, when you think about energy healing in itself, that's something where you have a practitioner who has been either attuned to some kind of an energy healing or, um, we have natural healers too, right? Like every single one of us is born with that capability to be a natural healer. And it's just simply channeling that energy, that intention to help people move forward and heal. And that can be on every level, right? Everything starts off metaphysically and then it works its way into the physical body through all of the different layers in your aura. So that's your energy field that's around your body. Mm-hmm. So talking about the different the different layers of that energy field, you've got your mental body, your emotional body, and then you've also got your spiritual body. And then this physical body that you're currently residing in for a time, right? So the purpose of an energy healer is essentially to stand as that person that will bridge the gap between the spiritual realm and the physical. I don't do the work. Mm -hmm. I'm the person that stands there and allows the energy to flow and go where it needs to. The guides will take me around my table and put my hands where they're supposed to be. Right. It's so so bigger than us. It's so fascinating to me because the, when you speak, I can actually visualize it, you know, like, even though you say you can't see energy the way you're describing it, it's like, you can, you can visualize it in a sense. So it's like, so if I experienced something, say when I was 10 years old and to me as a 10 year old, it was traumatic, um, and never processed that never dealt with that and just sort of stored it, then is that taking up? an energetic space in my body, even though it, um, even though I can't see it, I don't know it's there. Is it actually there until energetically it kind of, it leaves me? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a traumatic experience either. It can simply be an experience, you know, it could be anything from shame and guilt and, those times where you feel like you carry the weight of the world in your shoulders. A lot of us are holding our shoulders right up against our ears right now because we're carrying so much weight. And that's like, Mm -hmm. you know, between the the parents and teachers and kids in general, and then us as people, right. We're all carrying a weight in our shoulders and you'll notice in your physical body with the shoulders specifically in this moment, there's a lack of freedom. 
Mm. Right. When we carry that weight, it's that it's just that constant thing sitting right there. Right. And when you actually give it the chance to leave, then suddenly your shoulders drop naturally. So it's so important for us to constantly be, you know, we take in so much throughout the day energetically that it's almost like we always have to be in this cycle of what we take in, we release. And it's just always be in this cycle. Cause I, I, it's so true. You know, if you, I always say people are like, what does it feel like when you heal? And I'm like, like, I don't know. Cause it's so hard to explain. And right away, my mind always goes to, I just feel lighter. I feel physically lighter and feeling physically lighter also helps me mentally and emotionally, but I go to the physical because it's so hard to describe the emotional and mental impact of it. It's so much easier to say, well, I no longer feel like I have, you know, an elephant sitting on my chest. Right. So it's so much easier to go to the physical, but it sounds like what you're saying is that's where it ends up right? Like it starts off in the non-physical, but at the end, when it's kind of done its thing, like what we've been experiencing global globally, because it has nowhere to go, unless we move it, it will just stay with us physically. Absolutely. So how, what is happening? Like, where is it going, Candice? <laughs> where is it? You know, so I've taken, I've taken on this energy, say like, I'm just taking on the energy of our conversation right now. And then when I get off, I'm like, all right, you know, whatever's not mine can go. Where does it go? If it's endless, like just, yeah, where does it go? <laughs> Set the intention to send it back to the light. Okay. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter if it's just a, I feel overwhelmed or if it's actually a negative experience that you've had, or like, say you just walked into a store and you came across this person and their energy feels gross. Like you just do not want to be anywhere close to that person. And that's a thing. It happens a lot. Uh, you'll just notice that they are either really heavy, like angry energy or sad or whatever it happens to be. And when you leave the store, you feel that way afterwards, right? Taking on that energy. So setting the intention to clear it and allow it to just go because it's not yours, send it back to the light with love. That's all you can do, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's all about integrating and transmuting that energy back into what it's supposed to be, which is light and love. How do we, how does it attach to us? I'm always so fascinated by that because I've always been, um, a feeler and I can, you know, the way I describe what you're talking about is when people have doubt about it, I'm like, but you've walked into a room before and you've said, Oh my God, like you can cut the tension in here with a knife, right? No one said anything yet. You just feel it. How does it like, so me that would attach to me, but it wouldn't attach to my husband. My husband would be like, I just don't give a shit, you know, <laughs> but me, I would be like, oh my God, I'm so sad or I'm so angry. And, and I start to take on this energy, this energy of that room. Why is it attaching to me, but not him? Because you're more sensitive and picking up on it. If you think about your aura and the energy, like the, the energetic bubble that's around you, essentially. It acts like a spidey sense. Sorry, my dog is bugging me right now. Yeah, it's okay. Um, she is uh, sitting here beside me. You see? Anyways, the, the bubble is essentially your spider sense. So mm-hmm. it's going to tell you everything about a person or a place or an experience. It, it doesn't seem to matter. And there's some of us that are really hypersensitive to that, 
right? So you would call that person an empath or um, what's the other word I'm thinking of? The word just escaped me. It'll come back, it doesn't matter. Anyways, an, an empathic person is someone that can pick up on that energy with ease. Like they don't even think about it. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's plenty of times where I've said that um, going into a store can be overwhelming. And that's, you know, it's absolutely true. And nowadays it's even worse. I'm not going to lie. Oh, um, you, going, you must feel it physically. Uh, yes. Yeah. Like I will get ill. It's mm -hmm. just awful, you know, between the, the sensation of sadness and frustration and anger, the anger is what gets me right. Yeah. And then it's, it's the people not being able to process what they're experiencing, you know? Absolutely. That was a big purpose for me. Why I wanted to create sisterhood. Um, I had a podcast before this and I loved it, but it was more on the coaching side. What I wanted out of sisterhood was a safe space to have these conversations. What do we do with our emotions? What do we do with all of these things that we don't know what to do with because no one lets us talk about it because we grew up conditioned to believe we shouldn't talk about it or there's not a safe space because we're judging and blaming each other for feeling the way that we're feeling. And I love having these conversations because I can... I can visualize women nodding their head saying, oh my God, this is why I felt that way the other day at the grocery store. I walked in feeling I'm all right. I don't like what's happening right now, but I'm feeling really good today. And then walking out feeling and not understanding why all of a sudden they're just in such a bad mood and they don't know what to do with that. Mm -hmm. That's the energy of other people. So we need mm -hmm. to learn how to shield ourselves against that. Absolutely. What do you do to shield yourself? I'm sure sometimes it's just so intense um, that it, uh, pieces of it just get in because you are so in tune to it. But what do you do to protect yourself? Because you are like, these gifts are so heightened for you more than just, you know, an, an everyday person who's just walking in because you are tuned in. You must really have to pull out all your magical tools in your toolkit. Pretty much. It's a conscious shield. So essentially, you know, taking a couple of minutes to close my eyes and connect with heart center mm -hmm. and allowing that light that lives in your heart center to go essentially through every cell in your body, pushing out of your muscles, out of your skin and your bones and all of that kind of stuff and creating this bubble of your own light that extends past your fingers and past your toes and above your head. Um, essentially just this bubble of light that acts as a filter. Right. So anything that comes up against it will either bounce off or filter through, depending on what you're willing to to allow happen. Yeah. You know, when I was first starting out shielding, I didn't even know what the hell that was because it wasn't a thing. Right. Yeah. So in, in learning, you know, you develop this technique of creating your own little bubble. And if once you get to the point where you're comfortable with it and you understand exactly what's going on, you allow it to be a filter and that energy can go through and head back to the light. Right. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really, it doesn't affect you quite as much, but that's what I would do first. Yeah. Uh, there are crystals that are meant for dealing with grounding and keeping yourself safe and supported from other people's energy. Black tourmaline is like my best friend. You know? So do you carry that with you? Is there a specific way to work with these crystals or is it just a matter of carrying the crystal with you? No, just a matter of carrying it with you. Everything is intention-based, Yeah. right? So if I want to put the 
trust into a small black rock in my pocket to know that everybody else's bad juju is going to stay away from me, then hallelujah, I will carry 50 of them. <laughs> you know? Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. Cause I just shared that the other day on social media, because someone was feeling embarrassed that they were being made fun of that something they were doing to ease their anxiety seemed woo woo. And the other person said, it's all in your head. And I'm like, who effing cares? Who cares? You're not feeling anxiety. You're feeling better. It's making you feel safe. Who cares if it's all in your head or not? Like, cause really, I mean, technically it is because everything is connected. So (laughs) I mean, you could get technical about it. It, It's everywhere. Like if you believe in it, it will work. If you believe it's not going to work, it's not going to work with regards to everything, even like modern day scientifically proved medicine. So I, yeah, like it's so true. Like if you have to carry 50 of them around for you to survive this despair and anger that is out there right now in the environment, because of this global pandemic, then carry 50 of them around you if it helps you. Exactly. Yeah. I think, you know, a big part that I'm just experiencing having these conversations um, with all of these women on the podcast is getting out of this, this judgment, stop judging women, stop shaming women, stop giving women such a hard time for doing what they need to do to protect their mental and emotional and physical well-being. Mm-hmm, exactly. Do you get clients who come in? I'm sure you work with a lot of women. Um, do you get women who come in and that shame is just like engulfing in them, even just the shame of just taking time to have an energy healing? Yep, very much so. And a lot of the time they get back for even just coming for an energy healing session because it is woo-woo or it's against Christ. I work with angels all the time, you know, like you can't, you can't tell me that this is the devil's work, (laughs) you know, but yeah, there's a lot of shame and a lot of almost a sense of guilt too. Sometimes when they come through the door, because they're like, okay, should I even be here? Is this the right place for me to be? And then they leave here feeling like they've never felt before, you know, because there is no judgment here. There is that lifting of weight you know I treat my quarters as if I would uh if I was like a a therapist or something you know nothing leaves the walls yeah so it's it's, I've created a safe space for people and I think that's what my my favorite part about it is is the fact that you can feel safe to have a freaking meltdown on my couch yes because you talk about this all the time on your platforms you know you're going to have emotions and feelings that aren't light and love And we need to be able to feel those feelings. And I love the way you put it, like you can feel the despair and sadness and anger and send it to light and love. And Mm -hmm. eventually you will get back to that place of love and light yourself, but you're not always going to feel that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we can't, we have to actually honor those shadow aspects. That's what all of those emotions are called, essentially, is a a shadow, Mm -hmm. things that we tend to tuck away and kind of hide and pretend isn't there. And then suddenly you wind up with like full bone anxiety, you know, and you don't know where the hell the anxiety is coming from, right? Well, if you've shoved down fear for the last 15 years of your life, then yeah, the anxiety is going to show up in a totally different way and in ways that you never thought it would, right? But if we actually take the time to honor these emotions as they come forward, 
it's not nearly as bad, you know, and it helps you to manage all of these experiences too. Yeah. You know, I have found, um, being okay with not always being okay allows me to move through it quicker. You know, I'm not in a rush. I'm trying not to rush it when I am going through the process, but it does seem to cycle through me a lot faster because I fully, fully believe I didn't believe it when I started the work 22 years ago, but I fully believe now that there is a source much higher than me. And once I got rid of religion and I love religion because I find there's so many beautiful aspects in all different types of religion, but it does put us in this box. Once I got out of that, um, the structure of religion and just thought of it more it's energy, it's spirit, it's the universe, it's love, it's light. It's, you know, all of that pureness of what created us. It's like, okay, of course I can get through this. Like, you know, like look who, look who walks beside me every day. And it's not like a white man and a beard, right? Exactly. Oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I guess it just, so a lot of this so much, you know, embracing energy healing and embracing spirituality. A lot of it depends on how you grew up um, and what you were told. And, you know, I was, I grew up Roman Catholic. So I had a lot of work to do to get through and a lot of deprogramming and new conditioning to create because um, we're not taught to trust in ourselves and trust in our angels and trust in a higher power in the Roman Catholic church in a lot of the teachings were trusted to, we're told to fear it very much. So, and then you grow up fearing this beautiful light and love. So, you know, anyone who grew up fearing that it would be really hard for them to send their anger to the light and love because they would feel like they're wrong for feeling angry. Yes, very much so. Or having acted upon the anger. Yeah. Yeah. So when we're just human, we're just human, right? We're like doing the best that we can. In every moment of every day. Yeah. Is there a difference, you know, I'm thinking about energy and especially with what we've been going through with the global pandemic, is there like a different almost weight to the energy of joy versus anger? Because it seems like anger spreads so much faster than the energy of joy. Well, if you talk about frequency, yeah, there's a pretty huge difference. Mm-hmm. Any of those lower vibrations are generally easier to connect with, right? Whereas uh, when you connect with joy, it's a much higher vibration, but it's something that you need to feel worthy of. And that's something that we're all challenged with, right? Yeah. You're allowed to be happy people. like oh my god Candace isn't that wild we are so quick to jump and tell everyone all the shit that has happened in our life all the trauma all the stuff all the bad things we've ourselves done we cannot we just we don't even think before sharing it but god forbid we go and tell someone that we had a phenomenal week yes yeah it's it's a really troubling thing. If you think about it, you know, um, we don't, 
And I find that as I age, cause I just turned 41 this year, yeah. uh, that your circle is going to change. Yeah. And you need to surround yourself with people that are actually going to be happy for you when you actually succeed, you mm-hmm. know, or even with people that are going to cheer you on when you think about starting something new, right? Not the people that are going to be naysayers and we all have naysayers. You know, the ones that are going to say, mm, do you really want to do that? You know, I think that's a really bad idea. Well, you know what? Fuck it. Those people are the ones that didn't follow their dreams. So you follow yours. Oh, Honestly. I love that so much because I know um, pre contagiously positive days before I started my coaching practice, I was I was just like, I was the most negative human ever. I was so negative. I was always in the dark rabbit hole of toxicity and I had a wonderful group of friends around me all the time when I started to heal and I started to work in therapy and I started mainly a big part of my healing happened when I went and did a lot of the spiritual healings, um, clearing away all that energy. When I realized like, oh my God, I can actually be happy. Um, I lost a lot of those friends. A lot of them just didn't stick around. And I thought I was doing something wrong for many, many years. I thought, God, what's wrong with me? I should hide this then. It's not okay to be happy. And I remember, you know, it's funny because for me, a big shift happened when I turned 40. It was like a switch went off where it was just like, fuck it. I'm done. I am done with this. I am, I am going to be light and love and I'm going to be okay with having bad days as well. Like I'm going to be all of it and I'm just going to embrace all of it. And those who are going, who are meant to be on this path and journey with me will be, and I will love them dearly. And I will also love the ones who don't, um, want to continue this journey with me. I will love them dearly as well and send them light and love. It's just like this switch eventually goes off where you're just like, I'm done. I'm done. I can't do it anymore. Here. Oh my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it, and it does. Was it for you? Was it like a switch went off? Yes and no. Yes and no. I think, uh, I was going through a really, really bad depression, like mm-hmm. really bad. Uh, so my dark days were really, really dark, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the people that were surrounding me were trying their best, you know, but I think as we shift and change, so too does our circle because our own energy changes, right? So yeah. when you start to vibrate higher, you're going to start attracting people that are of that same frequency, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that are lower vibration that are still stuck in their experience or not willing to take a chance, you know, to get out of that comfortable negative zone, you know, those are the ones that are just going to fall away and stay behind. And I bless every single one of them, you know, and Absolutely. I bless the ones that have come into my life because honestly, they are my sunshines. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's another energetic vibrational frequency thing, you know, it's and the so, more you shift yours higher, the better your life is going to get. It's so interesting because everybody thinks this is woo woo. But again, I go back to Albert Einstein. He, he basically like spent his whole entire life just proving that everything is energy. And when you match the frequency of energy, they connect and find each other. Um, and you just attract more of that energy. So 
if that's the scientific part of it, the same is true then for us <laughs> and our emotions and our feelings and who we're being, we're going to just naturally attract those people who align with our vibration. Like, that's so cool. <laughs> like, we don't even really have to do anything. We just have to be our authentic self. Well, and that's the trick right, is being authentic and being okay with authentic. So if that means that you have a shit day, then you have a shit day. Yeah, you know, not trying to force yourself into a positive toxicity, right, where you're like, Oh, everything's going to be magical all the time and trying to only focus on the positive things. Because if I think about something that's lower vibration, then I'm going to lower my vibration. No, I called bullshit. Honestly, mm-hmm. you have to feel it all, all of it. And all it sucks sometimes. It. It's okay. Yeah. We have to feel that emotional discomfort because without that emotional discomfort, we don't feel the other side of it either. Right. You can't know one without the other. Exactly. That's that whole yin yang thing. Well, that in a nutshell, I think is energy. (laughs) You said, I don't know how to describe this. I think um, that was pretty good description of what energy is. You just feel it. I think you just know, you just feel it. It's that tension you feel. It's that joy you feel. It's the, it's all the feels like that's energy is that all those emotions you feel and the physical stuff you can't explain. Like it's all, that's the energy. I just, I think that's so phenomenal. Uh, And we've definitely felt an energetic shift this year. And I think that's so wonderful in the midst of all the darkness of this past 18 months. The great part of it is all of the awakenings. People are like, what is that? And I think I need to explore more of this. Welcome the next wave. Welcome. (laughs) Yeah. The next wave. Oh, it's such a wonderful thing. Um, a place I want to, I want to go a couple directions with you because I just, I have these specific things. I questions that I get so often from other women while I was learning all things magical about you. I noticed you use the word intuitive a lot, like Mm -hmm. on your website and on your social media feeds, you use the word intuitive a lot, which I love because it's like, I feel like you're constantly trying to give me and everyone else the power, right? Instead of, I don't have all the answers. I'm just helping you to remember, are we all intuitive? Every single one of us, every single one of us is born with an intuition, right? Mm -hmm. It's the thing that keeps you safe. It's the thing that goes, uh, maybe you shouldn't do that, you know, before you lock your keys in the car or whatever, whatever the experience is, but absolutely we all have an intuition and it's just a matter of tuning in and developing it essentially. Yeah. How do we, how do we turn up the volume of our intuition? Because I know just so many women, um, especially right now are just like, but I'm so full of all these decisions I have to make everything. I'm deciding everything in like one year, I've had to make so many shifts and so many changes and I'm trying to trust my gut, but I just don't know what to do. And I always wanted, you know, intuition. Um, that's not my expertise on how to do that. How do they turn up their intuition so that they can connect to this higher power and this part of themselves so that they know that they are on the right path, even if it feels bumpy. Okay. So there's a couple of things. The first thing is getting yourself grounded, 
Okay. So to be grounded is essentially to feel safe and stable and calm and present. So you can do that with meditation. You can do that with breath work. You can go out and hug a tree in your backyard. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you can connect with the dirt itself. You know, we're coming into really nice weather soon. Fingers crossed. I hope, uh, go outside in your bare feet for God's sake, put your feet in the dirt. Right. A lot of us are, so focused on keeping our shoes and socks on and staying clean and this kind of thing. And we forget about the fact that we actually do need to connect physically with the earth. So really put your feet in the grass or the dirt or whatever. That's the fastest way to get grounded. Mm -hmm. Uh, Meditation is, it's pretty key, honestly, because you do open up that crown chakra as well as your third eye while you're sitting there. Um, And meditation can be done in a lot of ways. A lot of people can't sit still. I cannot sit still. Okay. The fact that I'm sitting here still with you and not like completely fidgeting is like miraculous. Um, I'm one of those movers, right? So when I meditate, I'm not sitting in a place for like 20 minutes and listening to some guided meditation that makes me fall asleep afterwards. You know what I mean? I do the dishes. I cut the grass. I garden. I move wood, you know? Uh, there's something to be said for allowing your mind to actually wander and process each thought at like one at a time. And when we're grounded and focused on just one thought at a time, suddenly we can make all of those decisions from a place of intuition rather than snap decisions where you're like, you know, all over the place going, okay, I got to think about my dinner and I have to think about work and I've got 50 other projects that are on the go and I need to finish that project over there. And oh my God, I forgot I had to take the dog out and now it's puked on the couch. Right. Mm-hmm. Speaking of dog. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's the first thing, honestly, just get grounded. Thank, thank you. That's enough. Thank you. It's kind of, he's reminding you, not the people listening, the women listening can't see you, but the dog is reminding you, um, by the way, (laughs) I'm a really good way to get grounded. Exactly. Animals, right? Animals know animals are just like, I'm in a bad mood. This is what I want to do. I want to go play in a puddle done. (laughs) And they can help you move through a lot of your emotions and stuff too. Right. So if you're sitting on the couch and you're watching TV with your dog, well, that's grounding. Mm-hmm. You know, if your cat comes up and lays on a, on your chest while you're, you know, resting or reading a book, that's grounding, you know, to actually connect with your, your creatures that way. And sometimes they just want to help, right? Like yeah. Siri, which is the, the big black dog that just had her face in the, uh, the camera. She is a non-registered therapy dog, in my opinion. Yeah, there's been countless times where she'll come in and sit with my clients on the couch, you know, while they're having a complete and utter meltdown, you know, and that's perfect. If they're open to it, that's perfect. You know, for the most part, I keep her blocked off so that she can't come in. But if I can tell that they need it, then I'll let her in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Animals are so healing. I think I feel like anything that's so just innocent in their emotions, you know, they have no expectations. They're just so full of love. Animals, children are like that as well. Um, Just have this really beautiful way of just connecting you back to the reality of, you know what, in this current moment, I'm safe um, and everything is okay. Because I know for me, um, 
I used to be very reactive, like just everything was a reaction and it was always a reaction from fear. It was always a reaction from anxiety or anger. And that reaction never served me. And when I learned how to, which now I know it's considered grounding when I learned, I didn't at the time when I learned how to just stop and pause, um, I realized that, oh, okay, I actually don't want to react like this. I don't want to make this decision. So I'm, I have to go and do something to calm my nervous system. And then I would go do that. I remember mm-hmm. when I, I worked in the general contracting industry before coaching and we were building this wonderful high rise and I used to go into the elevator, into the service elevator, and I would go into the elevator and I would take it from the ground floor up to the 10th and just breathe and just be like, I'm okay. Things are okay. Don't react to this. You know, you're okay. You're safe. Um, and then by the time I got back down to the ground floor, I'd be like, okay, how now am I going to talk to this trade? How now am I going to deal with this problem? How am I going to go tell my boss I just fucked up? Like whatever it might be. And it was such a wonderful way for me to just stop constantly saying, I'm so sorry for what I said when I was angry, because I was so sick of apologizing for being a hot, for having a hot temper. I didn't like that because I'm like, I don't think this is me. I think this is just conditioning and programming and my habitual response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love the grounding. I love the the guidance of having people go and place their hands on a tree or being in the grass, you know, right now there's literally nothing else to do. Like we don't have, we're still, when we, you and I are talking on May 5th, 2021, we're still in a lockdown 18 months later. You literally have nothing else more important to do right now (laughs) than go and put your hands on a tree or your feet into the grass and then make a decision from that place when you just feel a little bit calm. Cause I find too, don't you find when people first start doing it, they giggle, they're like, this is so silly. Um, and they start to laugh. And even that, even that reaction, they're like, Oh my God. Like I actually feel better right now, even though I think this is silly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that a lot of times too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've had that. I've been out in the, in the forest and I try to do that every day with my dog Axel. And some days I'm so emotional and I cry the whole walk. I cry the whole walk and I'll place my hand on a tree just before leaving. And I'm like, I'm just going to leave this here with you because I know that you can handle it. And I just leave it in the forest and I walk away and I just let mother nature do her thing. And now from what you're saying is mother nature is probably just giving it to the light and love and saying, okay, well now you take it. (laughs) 100%. Yes. I love this. I've been, there are countless times that I've gone into my backyard and I have a giant maple tree that we're pretty sure is like 150 years old. Like I can't even get my arms around her, Mm. but there's been lots of times where I've been caught with traffic driving by and I literally have my arms wrapped as big as I can around this tree and my face smushed up against her scratchy bark, you know, nothing feels better. Honestly, it's like she's reaching back, you know, Yeah. connecting with her roots, connecting with her branches you know, feeling her move as the wind blows mm-hmm. it's huge and so healing and people laugh and that kills me. The fact that you're going to laugh about connecting with a tree, like, come on, what's wrong with that? Absolutely. It's just a tree. 
I hope we never lose that. Do you ever just sit there and think I'm so, I'm so grateful that I've never lost this wonder for life and for mother nature, because like, I'd still get excited when a random blue jay lands on my windowsill. (laughs) Yeah, I get excited for that too. You know, or if I have a robin splashing in my bird bath or something, it's, it's the little things I get excited as the, the moon changes you know, or the sunrise that I see in the morning, sometimes the colors are so vibrant, you know, absolutely. I think that everybody needs, we just need to slow down a little bit and realize that there's actually way bigger things that are more important than what our current crisis is. It sounds like, you know, um, the healing journey, if you've struggled, if you've had trauma, if you've had a long life of limiting beliefs and unworthiness, it sounds like that journey might take long in the grand scheme of things of what we consider time to be, but the practices are super simplistic. Very much so. And there's something that you can do every single day. It's not like it's, it's not like going back to high school where you have to sit at a desk for like six to eight hours and you're literally focusing on all of these textbooks and writing tests and constantly, you know, feeling like you're not good enough to pass these tests. Mm -hmm. That's not how healing works, right? You have to be gentle with yourself in the process. Absolutely. It's, it's an endless process too, right? You know, it's not like point A to point B. I have one session with you and now I'm done. It really is an endless process of waking up every single day and just being intentional about taking care of our mental and emotional and spiritual health. Exactly. Absolutely. 100%. So you could come to me 50 times with the same problem, but if you're not willing to do the work, you're still going to be coming back. Right. Mm -hmm. So it is a conscious effort every single day to, to move forward and to heal, which is why I try to offer the tools so that you're taking home a practice. You have homework. I make you do the work, you know, and if you're not willing to do that work and you're just going to keep coming here, like, what is the point? Right. Because I'm, I'm not here to fix anybody. I'm here to help you help yourself. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And because I just think it's so, this was the hardest lesson for me. Um, when I had my first coach 22 years ago, um, she was a therapist who then became a coach, I think just because she didn't want to work within the restrictions of a regular practice. But she said Mm -hmm. to me, unless you start to take responsibility for your life and the choices you've made that have led you here, there's nothing I can do for you. And you're just wasting your money. And I was so angry at first because, you know, I'm just like, but you're supposed to fix me. Right. And, and I just remember that so much going home and I'm just like, oh my God, I have to do the work. Yes. And a lot of the time people do come here expecting me to wave a magic wand and just go bibbity bobbity boop. And suddenly everything is fixed and magical. Yes. You're going to leave here feeling shiny. Yes. You will feel shiny after a session, you know, but unless you're actually doing that work, that, that feeling of shininess wears off, Mm -hmm. right? You have to do the consistent work on your own. And it's not 
daunting work, it gets easier and it gets fun and it gets, you want to take it deeper. Like the more you do, it might feel really uncomfortable and hard at first. Of course it is because like all those emotions come up and you're like, Oh my God, what do I do with this? You know, I didn't even know this was in me, but once they're up and out and you can look at them and feel safe about it, it gets a little fun and a little addictive to be like, what can I do now? Because it feels so good. You just want to connect to it more. Exactly. Cause you create that opening for more higher frequency things to happen, right? Yeah. You allow a space for better things to, to be instead of holding on to like this dark little oozy puddle that could be stuck somewhere, you know, depending yeah. on what the situation is. Absolutely. So I want to, um, I want to take this conversation. One question I knew no matter what I had to talk about this before, um, we ended our conversation. You wrote a really amazing blog called the illusion, um, which I think so many people, and I'm going to put the links and the link in the show notes, because this is a really good share conversation because this is the situation we're in right now. I'm going to not, I'm not going to ignore the fact that we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. I'm not ignoring that. And I'm not going to pretend that it's not happening. So I think that we still need to have these tools and conversations around what we can do. And, yeah, in, and in the illusion you wrote, um, about our contrast and I actually wrote it down here. You said it's the greatest delusion is this idea of separation, us versus them, maskers versus anti-maskers, pro-vaccine versus anti-vaccine, light versus dark. And that really hit home for me because you, in my 42 years since I've been alive, I've never seen such a divide. I've always been very aware of the divide, but never as much as what we're experiencing today. What can we do in this time, in this very contrasting world to stay connected to each other and ourselves um, so that we're not really taken down into that rabbit hole, into the darkness of this, what you call the great illusion that we're actually separate. So that's a really good question. Um, that blog was completely channeled. I was sitting in a moment of not necessarily despair. I think it was mostly frustration because of the things that I'm witnessing. Right. And it's in every single community. It is not limited to, you know, just people that you see at the grocery store. It's in the spiritual community as well. Mm -hmm. There is this great divide going on. And the only thing that we can do is call ourselves back into a place of love. Mm. Cause realistically speaking, you know, it's been said by, I think it was Maya Angelou or something like that. Uh, that love is, is essentially the, the greatest power on, on the planet, mm -hmm. right? It's heals. It's having compassion, you know, don't, don't go and judge a person just because they're not wearing a mask, you know, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people out there that have a medical condition, you know, that, that can't wear one for that matter. And yet they're getting ridiculed because they have to go to the grocery store and fend for themselves. And yet, you know, these people are, and I've done it myself, 
I've looked at them and gone, where the fuck's your mask? You know, like it's, it's something that all of us do. We're going to judge all the time. It's what's ingrained in our human mind. And it's something that we have to move through, mm-hmm. you know, but pulling ourselves back into that place of love and compassion and remembering that it's not a war on each other. We need to bring ourselves back to the whole unity consciousness. And that's the whole purpose of this damn pandemic is to get each other back into the situation where, you know, you're, you're doing the things that actually matter. You see what matters. You get away from all of the distractions. You have time for yourself to actually sit with yourself and look at yourself. And that's what the biggest, you know, challenge has been, I think for a lot of people, especially the ones that are working from home, uh, you know, if you, and we're really hard on ourselves too. Mm-hmm. There's that whole self-judgment as well. Right. Um, I have anxiety. It's one of those things, mm-hmm. you know, and it's really easy for me to sit there and go, Oh my God, you're a friggin' healer. You should be not going through this stuff. You know, you're supposed to be this, that, and the other thing. And that's, that's not how it is. I'm a human being, you know? Absolutely. So we need to be really gentle with ourselves. Does that make sense? It really does gentle with ourselves. And I really feel this so much. And it's something I talk about all the time. If we it's look at what you say to other people all throughout the day, and then think about what you say all throughout the day to yourself. And I bet you they're a mirror to each other because it's really hard to be gentle and compassionate to others when we don't know what it even feels like to be gentle and compassionate towards ourselves. Oh my God. A hundred percent. Yes. And I have found that throughout this, um, this whole, these, these 18 months that we've just experienced, I keep catching my judgment because I go down that rabbit hole as well, even with the politicians. And then I think to myself, just a second though, that is a human being who decided you know what? I'm going to run for office and um, I'm going to do a really good job and then gets there and has all of this stuff being thrown at them constantly. Now they're in the middle of a global pandemic. Now they have the divide because it is a divide. One half saying do this, one half saying do that, then different parties fighting against them doing the work. And then I'm thinking to myself, as I'm going down this rampage that I, this thought rampage, I put myself on and then I'm thinking, would you make great decisions all the time? from that state, from that constant state. And then I'm thinking, and then I think to myself, probably not in the experience and safety of my home. I probably can think of all the better ways I could do all the better job that I could do, but in the situation, I don't know. And then I'm like, all right, end the judgment right there and just send that person love and send that person compassion and say, whatever universe, like guide them to make the choice for the highest good, you know? (laughs) So I talk to myself a lot and I, I really try to talk myself out of going into the darkness and by talking myself into um, a new state of mind, I find that really helps me when, when I'm judging, because it's so easy to say, 
I wouldn't do that. I would do this. It's so easy to tell someone else what to do, but we don't know how they were raised. We don't know their belief systems. We don't know their conditionings. We don't know their traumas. We don't know anything. So um, it's just so easy to judge. It's so, it's so much harder to love, but it gets easier as we practice it. Right. Isn't it sad that we have to practice love Yes, that actually is incredibly sad. <laughs> so if you need a good book recommendation, um, there is a, a guy that I follow on a regular basis. Like his stuff, it pops up in my feed um, on, all the time. His name is Matt Kahn. Uh, he is this wonderful guy. Like when you watch his videos, because he sometimes puts his, uh, his, his talks up on uh, the YouTube and he's got the kindest face. Like you can honestly see the love oozing out of this guy's eyes, right? So he's written a book that's called uh, Whatever Arises, Love That. And very honestly, that was a huge, huge game changer for me and how I see people and respond to people and understand people. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to is just taking the time to even try to understand someone. I don't agree with what everyone, what everyone's beliefs are, but I have really put myself in a space now where I enjoy wanting to have that conversation with them. Why do you believe that? Why do you feel that way? Like, where does that come from? I still may never agree with them, but now I'm seeing that person and talking to that person as a human being, not just behind the screen where it's so easy to just type a bunch of hateful comments instead of saying, you know, that really triggered me. That really bothered me. Can we take five minutes to just talk about that? Cause I'd love to know more about why you believe this or why you feel this way or where you got that research, wherever it may be. It's just really being open to asking questions and it's not easy. It's not easy. Sometimes you just want to be like, oh my God, screw light and love. I'm going to drive over there and tell them all the reasons why. <laughs> Yeah, why they're wrong they're, and I'm right. <laughs> I'm a redhead. I have that temper too. I understand. <laughs> yeah, I, like, it's very easy. It's very easy to react rather than respond. Oh, right? yeah. There, there, there's a difference, eh, between our reaction and our response. Because in the response, we're taking pause before we respond. Like, is this really how I want to be seen? Do I want to be seen as hateful? Do I want to be seen as unkind? Do I want to be seen as a bully? Cause I have some very loving love and light, compassionate, kind friends who have become bullies trying to stop the bully. Yes. And yeah. I, I brought that up to a girlfriend the other day and she's like, what? I'm like, I'm just saying what I see. I'm just telling you what I see, but man, like you are, you've really become a bully. And it's, it was a good awakening for her to be like, but I'm trying to stop the bully. And now I'm the bully. Now I'm the hateful one, you know? And it's like, okay, there is a better way where you can stand up for your beliefs and you can stand up for what you believe is right and protect other people who are being disempowered without totally disempowering someone else on the way you do it as well, which is, it's not easy because we're not taught it. 
No, exactly. It's something that you learn later in life. And a lot of us are like in kindergarten again. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Totally. I like sometimes, you know, I forget that I'm 42 years old and I, I feel like I'm 10 again. You know, (laughs) like I just got slapped right off that pedestal of, I know it all. And I'm right back to being a 10 year old being like, I know nothing and I can't wait to grow up. (laughs) True. But sometimes we need to be knocked off that pedestal. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I got the best advice when I graduated college and went, had my first job. And, um, the man that I worked under said to me, you know, the moment you stop learning, you might as well just be dead because you're never going to know it all. You're always going to be learning no matter how many years of experience you have. It is a constant change and learn and grow and change and learn and grow. And just when you think, you know, it all, something will come in and remind you that you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't think of it as good advice at the time. You know, you're 22 years old. You're like, bah, whatever. I know everything. Um, but as the years went on, I'm like, oh my goodness, he was so right. <laughs> yep. I say that about my mom, yeah. actually. <laughs> yeah. We're here to learn. We're here to learn. I believe that, right? Like we're here to learn and remember. Um, I, I just don't think we can get out of this human life without learning and changing and growing and evolving. No, absolutely not. That's the whole purpose is to come here and experience everything and then take that information with us onto wherever we go next. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And hopefully it's straight to light and love. <laughs> well, you'd like to think so, you know. Yeah, I believe so. I always keep that in my mind. And I think the more we heal and the more we work with women like you who act as this conduit for that, for that energy healing to move that energy out of us, the more we do, the more we do remember that I, cause I didn't come out of the box, believing all of this, believing that it's okay to love and that love is the highest, you know, frequency there is. And I was never spiritual. Like I didn't come out like that. It, um, it came through just staying open and trying new things and kind of feeling my way towards, okay, well that felt good. Maybe I should do more. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're conditioned and programmed growing up to believe that we're not worthy and that we're not good enough and that we always need to be something other than we are, um, which is so disempowering. So it takes, it takes some healing to get our power back. It really does. Much like the Phoenix rise from those ashes. Absolutely. So two more things, and then I'm going to let you go and have the rest of your evening to yourself. Can you talk a little bit about your book and where we can get it (laughs) and what we can take from it? Um, Because I just, I have so much, oh my God, like I'm in awe of authors who can sit down and write their story because I just think it's incredible. So that book, I started writing about two and a half years ago. Uh, it was little tidbits here and there from different classes and workshops that I had been teaching and whatnot and a variety of channelings that decided to come forward, which was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, well, it is essentially the book that I never had when I was 
you know, in my teens and early 20s and that kind of thing, when I was trying to figure out what the fuck was going on with my life. Like, why am I seeing colors? Why is there a guy standing in my living room, you know, or um, trying to understand how to shield and ground and all of those things. And that was not something that I grew up with either. Like, you know, we had information. Yes, absolutely. But it wasn't to the same degree as it is now, you know, um, I'm clear audience. So I hear voices and that's not something that's supposed to happen generally speaking. Right. So I, when I sat down to write the book, it was a complete and total trust in the fact that this information is going to go out to the people that are newly awakening right now, asking the same questions I was like 15 years ago, you Mm -hmm. know? So it talks about shielding and it talks about grounding and it talks about using specific crystals and it talks about uh, what the clair senses are. The clair senses are essentially, you know, all of your, your psychic senses. Um, It talks about communication with your guides and your team, um, how angels will communicate from time to time. It's essentially a very compact pocket kind of stuff it in your purse book that you can take and make notes in but it also has a variety of practices as well to help you with the grounding process and to help you to move through some of the emotional crap that you might be experiencing right now absolutely that's it (laughs) Uh, that's so incredible and I love that because I it's so funny the the people that again it's just it goes back to what you say like you just attract certain people because in the intro to sisterhood I'm like the conversations that I want to have and share are all the things that no one ever taught you and told you in school but also all the things you needed you know it back when you were 20 or back when you were 15 or back when you were 10 that you wish you had had then yep. And I love that so much because there's a lot of power that comes from this state when you realize, oh my God, I have become the woman that I needed 20 years ago or 40 years ago or whatever it may be. Yes, exactly. If only I knew then the things that I know now. I know. But then we wouldn't, then we wouldn't know what we know now because we wouldn't have gone I know. Through. I know. Oh, I hate, I no, I don't hate hindsight. Hindsight's just really frustrating. <laughs> it definitely can. Oh my goodness. So where can everybody get your book and um, your magic? Where can they find you? Uh, so the book is available through Amazon right now. Yeah. Um, from time to time, I do have hard copies here in my uh, Ulcerative Wellness Boutique. Um, but most of the time, they wind up selling out a little faster than anticipated. And my author copies take a month to get here. So order through Amazon. No problem. Um, I'll put the link I'm- in the show notes. Thank you. Um, I am right on the corner of County Road 44 and... Uh, Oxford Station Road. So just outside of Kempville. Wonderful. And you have a beautiful shop and all of this. Oh my God, your, your shop is beautiful. And you've had a year of just constantly adding to it too. I keep seeing. So it's been incredible. So I'm so, I'm so thrilled and I'm just so grateful for this conversation. And I would love because you are intuitive. Um, and I just think you just have such wise, wisdom to always share. Is there anything that 
you're just feeling guided to leave all of us with today to just kind of give us a little bit of hope or just anything that we're just not hearing that we need to hear. (laughs) Breathe. Mm. Just breathe. Because honestly, we will get through it. Mm. This will be something that we tell our grandkids about in like you know, 40 years, 50 years, the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, you know, oh my God. or whatever it needs to be, Absolutely. you know, the only thing we really can do right now is uh, find time to find center, stay grounded and honest to God, breathe like right down into your belly, fill your lungs, everything, and just be. I love that. Thank you. And I will put all of your magical links in the show notes. So everyone um, can go and find you with ease and put some of these practices into place. So your blog, your book, social media, like you share so much already, like it's so amazing. And then hopefully um, get just a beautiful energy healing from you because it's feeling lighter is such an amazing feeling. Cause you just feel like, okay, you know what today I feel much lighter and I might just be able to take that second step. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today on sisterhood. And I have like a thousand more questions I could ask you, but I'm going to end it there on that note and just have you back on. Okay. I could do that. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye everyone. <laughs>